Well, the way they pick TV shows is they make one show. That show's called a pilot. Then they show that one show to the people who pick shows. And on the strength of that one show, they decide if they want to make more shows. Some get chosen and become television programs. Some don't. Come nothing. Hi, and welcome to the Pilot Season Podcast. This is episode 21. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And the Pilot Season Podcast is the show where we watch, review, and discuss just the first episode of a television series. We watch old stuff, new stuff, failed shows, some shows that have never even been aired before. So we kind of watch it all. And we take turns every week picking what we're going to watch. And this was Jen's pick. And why don't you tell everyone what you picked? I picked a Netflix original show, The End of the Fucking World. The End of the Fucking World. (laughs) 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 Uh, Which is... We may have discussed this. it's, It's based on a graphic novel. I don't know if you knew that. Right. The uh, I had been flipping through Netflix and stumbled across this. I had not, you know, heard of it before. Of course, the fact that the, the title, you know, the title mm-hmm. itself kind of caught my eye, and I thought, whoa, what, what the heck is this? Then I read the description. Um, it's like a two teenagers, and I'm I'm always kind of a sucker for, you know, the whole young adult you know, books and teen like movies and just type of stuff. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and I saw that it was, um, based on a graphic novel and I thought, well, what the heck this, you know, this could be interesting. So mm-hmm. that's why I chose it. And to say it's, it's kind of a coming of age. It, that's almost burying the lead you know, <laughs> of this, just to give you the, the Netflix official description a budding teen psychopath and a rebel hungry for adventure embark on a star-crossed road trip in this darkly comic series based on a graphic novel. So right there you know it's not going to be your typical boy meets girl, boy and girl fall in love, etc., etc. Right. And But I have to say, you know, of course it's just one sentence and you're not going to get the true picture of the show from just mm-hmm. one basic yeah. sentence, you know. And that sentence is correct so mm-hmm. far, but the show's kind of not exactly what I expected. I mean, it is, but in some ways it is not. I guess we could probably just get right into what the heck we just watched. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 first of all, and I, I pointed this out as soon as we turned it on, that it was only 18 minutes long. Right. Um, I didn't odd. know that going into it. I yeah. didn't know the episodes would be... This short, although on Netflix, you know, it, it kind of moves you to the next episode, and which we did not watch, but it, it was 22 minutes. So, right. you know, maybe they get longer or maybe they're just all right around that 20 minute mark. Um, and it's Netflix. They can do whatever they want. It's also British. And I wonder if that, you know, is, is part of the, the reason. I didn't realize it was on BBC. I mean, I saw it when, when the show ended, it's... You know, had the BBC logo and everything, but I thought it was a Netflix original. And here's here's the other thing that I I found found interesting in looking this up 
uh, I, mean, I, I did just a tiniest bit of you know, research, if you want to even call it that, before we recorded. The creator is not British. As far as I know, the the story, and I've never read the graphic novel, I don't believe it takes place in England. I could be wrong. But the the creator was born in Pennsylvania, and he currently lives in Massachusetts, I think. And it was published by an American comic publisher. He, he went to he went to school at a, an American college for cartoon studies. You know, it was not as you know as far as I know, not, you know, did not travel extensively. I mean, I could again, I could be wrong, but I just find it interesting that the the story takes place in England. Yeah, I wonder why they, you know, anytime you take a, a book and turn it into TV or film or whatever, mm-hmm. y- you know, there's some, you know, creative leeway, you know, things get changed and, mm-hmm. you know, that's bound to happen. I just wonder why they made this exact change if it was, you know, and I have not read the graphic novel, but if it was set in the U.S., like, what caused them to want to change that? And here's here's another thing that I that I learned that there was a a short film with the same name that came out three years earlier, or yeah, in like 2014. Which yeah, in 2014 there was a short film by the same name, and that is what they technically consider the pilot for the series. Hmm. Yeah. And the so there, and there's two main characters. There's James and Alyssa. James is the budding psychopath. Alyssa <laughs> is the foul-mouthed, rebellious girl. In the short film, the same girl played Alyssa as the series, the television show, but they had a different James. That's interesting. I mean, I wonder, because this is 2017, I wonder, somebody decided to make the short film, great, but then why was there a three-year gap? Mm-hmm. What was the timeline? What was the, you know, the process in, in developing all of this? I guess we would have to read more about that. I, yeah, I, I don't really know much to say about this. Uh, I not really know what to say about this one. Again, because it was so short... I, I feel like it didn't give us a lot to work with. It was basic. I thought you know it was just it, it was very much just setting up how these two weirdos <laughs> <laughs> met. You, you get a little bit of background for each of the two main characters. For Alyssa, she makes a little bit more sense to me. I get why she's a quote rebel. She's kind of a jerk a lot of the time and she even um yeah i wrote that do, she was an asshole they do some of their own like like narration mm-hmm. and she says sometimes i think that i or i worry that i ruin things or something to that effect yeah she is kind of an asshole like there's a scene where they go to a diner and they're ordering food and she was like the absolute worst to mm-hmm. the waitress um but in some ways like I sort of get it. When you see her home life, right? You then see you the get home it. life, yeah. And so she lives with her mom. She said she hasn't seen her dad since she was eight. He sends a birthday card every year, like whoop de doo. That's obligatory. That's mm-hmm. you know she has no relationship with her dad. 
And that yearly birthday card probably reminds her of that. Her mother is remarried to a guy who's a complete douchebag, Tony. They have twins together who are young infants. Mm -hmm. Tony's creepy as hell. Tony made a comment about getting her bigger bras. Like, stepdad, no, no. You, <laughs> no, you don't go yeah, that's, checking that's out up. the boobs. That's, yeah, that's messed up. I think, like, the mother turns a blind eye to... Oh, she definitely does, uh, yeah. Because she... To this level of creepiness. Like, there was, towards the very end of the episode, where... He's he's talking to her. Well, first of all, they're teenagers, and he gives her a beer. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe the drinking age is not 21 in England. I'm not exactly sure, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say when you're still in, like, high school, mm-hmm. you're probably not able to legally drink. So he gives her a beer so she can, like, quote, chill out or something to that effect. He basically says, like, she says something about how everything sucks or this place sucks or whatever. And he's like, you know, in not so many words or, you know, this isn't like a direct quote, but you don't have to stay here. Why don't you just leave? If you don't want to be here, then just leave. Mm -hmm. What kind of parent, even a step parent, says anything like that? So then he, in a very creepy way puts his hand on her back in a way that stepdaddies should not do and the mother sees and acts like she doesn't see oh and well and he also said you oh, basically like you look good you, when you, you like, try when you make an effort yeah you can look good when you make an effort. yeah and he kind of almost like um gives her a little look squeeze. down her almost like look down her back to her butt kind of a i don't know how to describe yeah he kind of looked her up he, and down like a guy would size up yeah like a freaking creeper like yeah. a creeper <laughs> And the mother, like, shame on you, mom, for not calling out your douchebag husband, who was probably doing this kind of crap since before you were technically married and everything. Well, and you know, in, in her narration, Alyssa even says, you know, she married Tony. They, she's got the perfect house in the perfect neighborhood with the perfect children, like the, the twins. Tony probably makes a lot of money. We we kind of glossed over that that they were having like some sort of garden party or something that you know during this whole scene where Tony was being inappropriate towards Alyssa in the kitchen of their house, you know they're having this kind of like fancy party in their backyard where, where she's not even really a guest. She was, she's like a servant. She's like serving. She's supposed to serve food. Right, and which which I I thought was kind of funny in a way like you didn't see it coming. Her mom approaches her at one point and says, we're having this party. I really need you to be there. So you think, oh, she wants her to be just the the good daughter. You know, and she hands her, like, some clothes. Like, you think, oh, she, she just she wants her to change out of her grubby teenage clothes and put on something nice. That's parent, which parents want you to do once in yeah, a while. Yeah, the then. mom's wearing, like, an over-the-top but, like, nice dress. Yeah. And I kind of thought that's what she was handing Alyssa, like right. a dress. Yeah. And meanwhile, she's basically, she looks like a, a cater waiter. Yeah. She's wearing, like, a, a black cardigan and, like, a white shirt underneath and slacks. And she's carrying a tray of some sort of little desserts or and something. And the mom even says, these are not for you to eat. You're yeah. supposed to be giving them out or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, that is messed up. Like, this, her home life is messed up in every way possible, basically. Right. So I almost get why she's kind of a jerk. Yeah. 
you know, that quote, rebel, whatever. James, well, he's a self-declared psychopath. One of the first lines is, I think I'm a psychopath. Mm -hmm. That's a little tougher for me to sort of identify with because I'm not one. (laughs) And, you know, everybody knows kids who have bad home lives and stuff and you like get it but it's you know it's not so easy to think about what does it mean to be a psychopath and he kind of like describes um events throughout his life like he said at age eight he realized he had no sense of humor Mm -hmm. and he burnt his hands on purpose i mean his hand is like totally scarred he burnt it on purpose just so he could feel something And, you know, those, so like, I get it. There are people who, you know, have these kinds of feelings. He moved on to like killing things and he said he could remember every animal he's ever killed. And Mm -hmm. you're kind of like, ooh, uh, is that how Jeffrey Dahmer started, I think, (laughs) with like killing animals or, um, and then he says how he wants to kill a person, and that's how he becomes interested in Alyssa, because he thinks she might be a good person to kill. Right. She basically sees that he's kind of an outcast. She's tired of her own group of friends with their empty, vapid lives, and seeks out the one person who looks interesting, I guess, to her. Mm-hmm. And so she actually approaches him... And they, you know, just starts talking to him and, and he decides I'm going to, I guess I'm going to try and quote unquote be normal and date her in a way to get close to her. And, you know, he decides like, she's going to be my first kill. So romantic. I know. That's so sweet. I love these teenage romances, you know. Reminds me of how we met. Right. Aww. (laughs) It's funny to watch how awkward they are together mm-hmm. because they he has no social skills. James doesn't really know, I think, how to interact with a person, let alone a girl, let alone a girl who he's supposed to be interested in. Right, trying in. to be romantic. She's They're kissing, but you, all you could really say is she's kissing his face while he sits there. It's almost, almost like he's like, a mannequin or yeah, something. Yeah, like he wasn't even involved. Right. He was he, just there. He couldn't even pretend to know what it was like to make out with a girl. Yeah, it was so it was exceptionally awkward. And you know, like the rest of the show very darkly comical. I mean, yeah. this is definitely a black comedy and there were some some good you know, I would say there was nothing that was laugh out loud, but there were a few things that gave me a chuckle. I wrote down at one point it, it just felt like an like an independent movie. The way like with the narration and the the music and the the way it was written with the dialogue sometimes some of the the direction itself the, like some of the slow motion shots it just the whole thing to me just felt like an indie movie yeah which is not really a bad thing but it was just it just kind of gives you an idea of what they're going for with this i think adding to the darkness if you will the fact that it's set in england mm-hmm. you know i know the sun shines but the sun did not shine in this episode. It was very overcast and dreary, that, like, stereotypical England feel, if you will, which kind of added, I think, a, a level of of darkness 
to the episode. Well, here's something that I, I found interesting. I can't ever remember any TV show or movie that was set in England where you actually saw the suburbs. I felt like everything is kind of in or around the city or, or has a more of an urban feel. Whereas this was, this like where they lived and, you know, they were walking home from school down like tree-lined streets and their houses were big. Like, yeah, I, I've never seen that before. That was kind of they weird. They didn't live in like a row, like a row of houses like you normally would see. I certainly don't claim to be some expert or anything, but... You know, I've been to England twice, and I've been on a lot, like a lot of different tours and stuff. And even the tour guides will flat out tell you, you because know, they've visited the states and everything. And 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 one thing I remember, they said like we don't have suburbs the way you do. Like we have the city, and then once you get outside the city, it's it's, like it's, the, country. it's the country. You know, in the city, like cities here, like cities all over the place. It's building after building after building. People don't really have land. Everyone lives in apartments, and it's very expensive. In the country, yeah, things are more spread out, but also very expensive. Like here, Mm -hmm. you get a 30-year mortgage. That's pretty standard stuff. Over there, a 70-year mortgage is standard stuff. You pass your mortgage on to your children. That's real. I learned that the, uh, my first trip over there. Wow. And it's because of how expensive the homes are. That's a great observation. It is kind of weird to see the suburbs and some, I don't say like normal looking, but like normal as far as... Like they had driveways. Like Yeah, driveways <laughs> and, and tree-lined streets kind how, of. Big and houses with like lots of windows and... Like where in England are you yeah, guys? Yeah, that's what I, I mean, want to know. Because <laughs> like... Yeah, the places that I've been to, nothing looked like that. Mm-hmm. So, but hey, not an expert, but yeah, that was that was definitely weird. And his James's house itself was exceptionally weird because it didn't look like a standard house. It almost looked like a. It was very boxy, and yeah. it um almost looked like looked like an office or like something. a '70s yeah office or. Mm-hmm. Like school, although it wasn't as big as a school would right. be, but it just like even Alyssa said, like you have too many windows. Yeah. But it was very like rectangular and and not like angled, and the the windows were all commercial building style, not um, you know like you would see in a house. Mm-hmm. It might add to the reason why James is the way he is, or maybe it's not the reason, but I, like I think it just adds to the coldness of his character because. It's not a very welcoming, inviting home. Like we said, it looks industrial almost. Right. It doesn't look like. Uh, it looks like a some seventies architects like nightmare. Or yeah. Something that they were like it was some some Art Deco type of place that yeah. just never got updated. Yeah. And I guess we could probably should mention a little bit more about the like James James's background. He lives just with his dad, and his dad's, you know, pretty, like, upbeat. Yeah, he pleasant. seems like a nice guy. Um, <laughs> maybe just a little too chipper for, for James. He's, like You know, he's just a dad. Just, yeah, it's, just it's, doing, it's like he's just clueless. Right, just doing, about like, everything. The, I'm the dad of a teenager, like, trying to be cool to his kid and Telling stuff. Telling dad jokes. Yeah. And, and there's a flashback to 
James as a child with his mom, who he does mention, like, lives in Japan. So we can, I guess, assume that he rarely, if ever, sees her. You know, kind of like a flashback to what looks to be a kind of a a positive experience with, with his mom. But I think it's traumatized him that his... He's not with his mom. His mom left at a young age, or we don't really know the circumstances or how or why she left or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I think that's definitely a piece of why he is the way he is. Yeah, I don't know if they'll they'll explore that further in, in future episodes. Now, there's only eight episodes in this season, and they're all going to be short episodes, so I don't know what we're going to get out of this, mm-hmm. but I would expect that they would probably try and delve ex- a little deeper. Yeah, I would expect that they're going to at least show us a little bit more of why these two characters are the way they are. So, basically, they start to develop a, quote, relationship, whatever, and it, it was, something else that was very funny to me is she even says, you know, I feel very comfortable with him. And I'm like, damn, girl, <laughs> don't get too comfy. He's looking to kill you. Yeah. She's just pissed, you know, creeper Tony just kind of touched her and, and whatever. And she's like, you know what, James, let's just get the heck out of here. You have a car. You don't really like your dad anyways. And he's like, yeah, it's my dad's car. But I guess, you know, he was a little inspired by what she said because... <laughs> They walk out of the house, and he literally punches his dad in the face. Mm-hmm. They steal the dad's car and drive away. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was funny because five minutes before that, that's when he, James was planning to kill her. He had his knife ready. Yeah, she was supposed to come over. She was late because she had to attend the garden party or whatever. And he'd been sitting there for hours with a knife hidden under a pillow, like ready to kill her. Yeah. And she gets there and proposes, you know, this great idea. And the his narration, you know, he says, well, I figured I'm not really in a hurry. Yeah, I can kinda always like, kill her. I can like, kill her anytime. And, and I kind of took that as, yes, that's true. He can kill her anytime. But maybe in a way that's him kind of starting to... Be interested? Be a little more, or just be a little more human. Yeah, possibly be interested, but also to maybe have a friend. Find, like, even if they never develop actual romantic... Even if he never develops actual romantic feelings for her, it's almost like they're they're kindred spirits. They're both damaged goods mm-hmm. for for different reasons, but it's almost like he finally has someone who kind of gets him, or at least someone that he can be miserable with. Right. And if he kills her, then that goes away. Um, well, every episode we kind of talk about if this is something we would continue to watch or if it's not really something that interests us. I'm kind of on the fence. Um, there's a piece of me that kind of thinks, well, we've already got one episode done. There's only seven more and they're only 20 minutes. We can knock this out today. I'm wondering if there's going to come a point where she realizes that... Like, what he is. Yeah, like, he's. she just thinks he's, you know, socially backwards or a little bit of an outcast. But, like, 
she doesn't really know that he's a psychopath. Of course, she has no clue that he might, you know, kill her. I wonder if there's going to come a point where she realizes that and is like, what the hell? Or will maybe what will happen first is that he realizes he doesn't want to kill her. Like, she helps him to become a little bit more social, human, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing and understanding feelings and things like that. So I'm a, I'm a little bit intrigued. Be, this, just the weirdness of the show mm-hmm. is intriguing to me. I I would probably echo that almost exactly. You know, I just did a quick look while you were where you were talking, and all eight episodes, I would say they all averaged twenty minutes apiece. Yes, the same thing. I'm I'm thinking, wow, we could we could knock this out in no time, <laughs> and it wouldn't. And it, it's. So, yeah, I would watch it because of the convenience of it being only eight episodes and they're short episodes. But also, yeah, I, I found it, um, like I said, I, I enjoyed I, I, the writing and the... Normally, narration kind of bothers me. And this, it it seemed fitting. It, it, just, it, it just worked better for some reason. I feel like this I think episode... We needed it. Yeah, I feel like this episode was um, almost, like, tidy. I don't know if that's, like, a weird way to well, describe sure. it. It was but a tight 18 only, minutes, you know. Only 18 minutes. They really, they kind of packed it in. Like, so you get enough background on both of them to be interested in what's going to happen, you know. Well, and I think what helped was there was a really small cast of characters, and each character, even the main, two main characters, like everyone just had an account. There was just this um, economy of dialogue where there really wasn't a lot said. I would say probably Alyssa probably had the most lines. She like, she probably talked the most because she was the most, you know, she was always angry or upset or whatever. So yeah, I think they were a they were able to pack a lot in to a short amount of time just because there were only, you know, literally like a half dozen characters right? in the entire episode. And, yeah, I, th- I think that helped keep everything kind of kind of tight. James didn't have a lot to, to say, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's part of who he is. He's mm-hmm. not social, you know. Right. But... Yeah, it was very, um, like I said before, the developing relationship that's, at least to James, is a fake relationship. But it's so awkward that that's almost fascinating to watch, too. Like, just, like, this weird kiss, and and they kind of, like, talk about doing other things. And, um, you know, it's funny, teenagers oftentimes are awkward, and, Mm -hmm. you know, especially folks who don't have a lot of experience it's in some ways even that aspect was just you know just kind of funny to mm-hmm. watch so i don't know i said i was on the fence maybe i'm not on the fence probably <laughs> want to watch it yeah i would say yeah i would say i would probably watch it too so okay cool okay well is there anything else we want to we want to add um 
I'm I'm kind of out of notes. This there really wasn't a ton to write right, about right. this one. Yeah, it was so short. The only thing I think I didn't say, but you kind of touched on when you're talking about how it felt like an indie film um, with the music. I I didn't recognize all the songs, but they were kind of like like a cool vibe. Like a I I, I like the the music choices. I, I didn't necessarily know them, but I like them. I definitely recognized the last song that was played. But I can't, for the life of me, remember what it is. So I'll, I'll have to look it up. Because I actually, I actually do want to look it up because I, I really like that song. So, but that's a, that's definitely a song that's been on like the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's an oldie. Now, the other songs seemed a little bit more like, like alternative or like indie or yeah, yeah. I think there was more than one that was an oldie. Um, but yeah, I mean just. That yeah, so I don't know if there's cool a too. I don't know if there's a soundtrack out or something. I'll have to look that up. But yeah, I I, I did enjoy the, the the choices in music, and, it, and they all seemed appropriate and seemed to fit the mood of the show overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess we'll we'll keep watching and okay, see if Alyssa gets the axe literally. <laughs> all right, well that'll about wrap it up for this episode. And uh, just to do a little bit of housekeeping, you can find us on our website at pilotseasontv.blogspot.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's You can just look for at Pilot Season TV. We're also on iTunes and Google Play. And if you'd like to email us with any questions, any comments, any suggestions for shows to watch in the future... You can email us at pilotseasonpodcast at gmail.com. Next week will be my pick. I have no idea what I'm picking yet, but mm-hmm. when when I do, that'll be teased on our social media. So that's it. This has been episode 21 of Pilot Season Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jen. And we'll see you next time. See ya.